Hey everyone, Cecil the Diesel Martin here, an NFL alum, former starting fullback for the Philadelphia Eagles, also played for the Oakland Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Most of my career was with the Eagles. And formerly on your screens on Sky Sports NFL. You are listening to Stuart and Darren on the Fourth and Forever podcast, one of the very, very best podcasts in the game. Enjoy, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Fourth and Forever podcast. Quote, one of the best podcasts in the game, end quote. Straight out of the mouth of Cecil the Diesel Martin. How about that, Darren? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought I, so. <laughs> had to had to Google him, but that's fine. You had to go. Oh man! Oh, of course, I, I forget that you've not really uh, like grown up in the UK during uh, your NFL watching days. But uh, Cecil Cecil Martin was a, a big feature in in our house for oh, I don't know how long he was on that for. Like maybe about. He was maybe on there for about a decade or something, just in and out as a bit of a guest and found himself on uh, Sky Sports uh, quite frequently. Um, he was a really, really good fullback back in the day, especially for the for the Eagles. Like I would I would jam with him on, um, on Madden all the time. He'd always be like my fullback that I tried to try to draft, get him like a thousand yard season somehow, you know. <laughs> Very creative player calling. Yeah, I wasn't so creative back then when in Madden you could pretty much just continue rushing and you'd, you'd do all right. That was in the game when running backs mattered, of course. But nowadays yes. they don't. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what, uh, what what PFF have to say about that another time. I'm sure we'll, we'll get them on and we'll get them chatting to you, see if we can convince you what the, the merits of the, the running game are. Um so yeah, uh, welcome aboard, guys. Now I understand that uh, Darren has quite a lot on at the moment, so we're going to try and just hit a bunch of topics this week uh, as quickly as we can, and just sort of go for a bit more of a natural feel rather than hitting things game by game. Uh, and I might go for a little bit of a rundown towards the end of the show, just basically detailing some of the some of the key facts and figures from the the course of the weekend. So that was week four that we just hit through. And um, yeah, a couple of a couple of blowouts this week, and some some strangely high-scoring games, a couple of um, heartbreaking moments, and um, a few much closer games, a few games that people perhaps didn't see going in the way that they did. Uh, so yeah, there was some interesting stuff. Uh, what did uh, like what what really caught your eye this week, Darren? Um, to be honest, part of it was like the real lack of quality in some of the play in some of these games was ugh. I know it's like only four weeks in but I'm really hoping that some of it improves um, worst culprits I know he ended up scoring about 40 points but Jared Goff was horrendous um, Kirk Cousins don't get me started on Kirk Cousins mm. um, he left his pocket something like 10 times there's like a video on YouTube of him leaving the pocket for no reason. And then he he left the pocket by five yards and then threw a dagger like 20 yards, but it only gained three yards because he threw it across the defense. <laughs> it was like the worst play I've ever seen. And it was posted up by a Vikings fan from Minnesota who had just got a title, please kill me. 
And <laughs> so I guess I'm guessing that guy wasn't too happy with what you were seeing then. No, I don't. I don't think so. And it wasn't meant to go this way in Minnesota. I wonder if they can pull a trade to get Case Keenan back after <laughs> after that disaster. That's, wow, that's what, what a coup that. that would be! You're you're really pushing the boat out for the sake of the Vikings fans here and saying that they should opt for Keenan. <laughs> But also, what was Jay Gruden thinking putting Haskins in? Like, honestly, he put Haskins in, he fed him to the Wolves, they've got the Patriots next week. Are they just going to ruin this young man's career before it even starts? Well, I think they're probably just thinking about um, just getting started, getting blooded, uh, just put, put him up against teams. And it was it was lesser opposition in, in the, the form of the New York Giants defence this week. But, um, yeah, he just did not look... Ready, ready at all I, I mean Keenum started off really rather poorly he's he's not exactly had the best protection so far this year but he did okay in the first few games he perhaps regressed quite a bit in last week's game but they, there's not much in the way of weapons for them either and like Haskins although he f- like flashed on one or two throws he looked very much like a rookie in this game and made a, a Giants defence look really quite good when they're not this is the issue though it's the NFL every quarterback should flash at some point unless mm. you're Cam Newton for the last 18 months ooh harsh hot takes <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that's kind of me looking at the kind of games that didn't really do much Chicago Bears defence you know 16-6 to Minnesota against Minnesota mm. Bears won is Chase Daniels a better option than Mitch Mitch Trubisky to you? Well, I think he's probably a, a little more steady than Trubisky. I mean, he's far from someone who's gonna gonna flash and help you win these games. Like Trubisky's the more talented athlete, right? But in terms of a consistent player who you can trust to not throw the game away, that's not really what Trubisky is yet. He's he's still so far away from from being someone that you'd ever want to trust in a game. But, you know, if, if you're well behind or something like that, and you're like, oh, well, just you throw him out there, why not? He might make something happen, and that that can be the case. But, yeah, I, I don't know if you'd want to put him in that situation because I have no confidence in him to, to shine in those scenarios. Yeah, I have a, a take on this. I, I think the Bears should trade for Andy Dalton. I've heard this, uh, this this sort of theory going around that if you had Andy Dalton there, then the Bears are automatically a playoff team. Okay, so maybe that kind of feeds into you know the Monday night game, which you know has just finished and New Zealand finished a few hours ago, and the final score was what twenty seven three or something like that. It was a disaster. For yeah, the it was twenty seven three. Yeah, yeah. They but, were they were god awful. They really were. But Andy Dalton looks like an NFL quarterback in the pocket. He That that is when there is a pocket there. Yeah, and when he has the time he was throwing it, you know, perfectly. And this is I feel sorry for him because there was literally a moment in that game where he got kind of he got coverage sacked. Um and the guy grabbed him. And then obviously it's it's played it's blown dead because he's not been knocked to the ground or that. And he literally just throws the ball on the ground and walks the opposite direction from the coach to the sideline. He just like walks off where he is, doesn't speak to the coach, just goes and like stands with like the, the cornerbacks or something. It's 
it's, it must be disappointing for him. He's coming near the end of his career. He's had a good career other than, you know, obviously the, the normal jabs at the Bengals, not having a playoff one. Um, but it seems like it's going to go out with a whimper unless he can kind of manoeuvre himself onto another team in the next six months or so. Cause... Oh, yeah, like, he's this guy. He's He's been touted out there as, like, the median. He is, he is the, the... You have the Dalton scale with something which is uh, posted by the guys that run the NFL podcast, basically saying, if you've got Dalton, he is, like, the, the, the margin. He is the one right in the middle where you'd say, like, it's just enough to consider him like a franchise-ish quarterback. Anything worse is unacceptable and you're always having to replace them. But Dalton is the one who's managed to just remain uh, like in, in the same franchise throughout the course of his career because people are like, yeah, he can do something, but you've got to put the cast of characters around him. And they've really, really been missing AJ Green. Uh, they're 1-11 in their last 12 games without him on the field. Yeah. And some of the plays on the ball, they they weren't very they weren't ball hawking very much. The Bengals, it, it did seem like they were kind of out for the count pretty early in this one, even though it wasn't necessarily like a blowout for much of the game. Um, but I have to say that you know when you got a rookie rookie um, quarterback in for Pittsburgh, oh, James Conner finally turning up this season. He was incredibly good in this game, but. I guess it's, we don't really know what kind of challenge the, the Bengals' defence is putting up. Well, the, the way that they him. were doing it, yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals' defence is pretty dreadful. But the way that the, the Steelers won this one was through scheming and like through the, through the plan that they developed, which was just you don't make Mason Rudolph throw the ball downfield. But because the Bengals are going to know that because he's not thrown downfield at all. He's had a really, really short average depth of char- target since he started. But what they've been doing is mix things up, get like some wildcat formations, have Jalen Samuels in there. Like He technically threw the ball three times in this game. Um, although it's all, it was all like little short shovels and dink and dunks and stuff like that. And even when Rudolph was being flushed out of the pocket... It was often by design, say, out to the right-hand side, then just as the rush is getting in his face, he just dinks over them. And then that was where James Conner found success. That's where he found his, uh, his score on his 27-yard touchdown. Yeah, there was some um, really good play from Samuels. They were kind of running what we consider like a jet hook. It was like a, a jet sweep, but they were hooking back in between the A-gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it a couple and of it, times. And it, you know, they were pulling off like... Jalen Sanders was like, when he was in that formation, he was, you know, free for 30, free for free for 31 yards. You know, he was hitting first downs pretty much every time he did it. And I don't know. Was... I wouldn't really give him much of the credit for, for hitting those first downs, though, exactly. He's not really I know, but, you know, going any deep on anything. Pulling, they're pulling the defense out. And, you know, Gino Atkins is standing there. It's not the worst defensive tackle group it could be in the league. Um, but all in all, I was pretty impressed. Like Mason Rudolph, you know, 229 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are, I mean, the, the way that those yards were coming about, though, there was maybe one shot sort of downfield and wasn't really far. I still don't think he's thrown the ball more than 25 yards in the air yet uh, over the course of about three games. Um, Do you know if that's on him or on their wide receiver core? Because they're both very young. Because, like... He's the same age. He's same draft as Juju, and then 
you know the rest are rookies as well. They are. So like, I'm I think wondering so. if they don't trust him as much as they don't maybe trust their wide receiver core. Whether it's whether it's a him. trust thing or whether it's a confidence thing from him, or whether it's just like likes of Mike Tomlin just saying, "Well, look, we can we can win these games by just taking it slow, methodical, just do these little pop shovels and let the like let the running backs do most of the work. Don't force your wide receivers to do anything because at the moment." They they aren't they just aren't being able to do anything, um, yeah I don't I don't quite know what to think of them yet but I think that they they know what they need to do to just keep themselves in touch with uh, like the Ravens and the Browns in this division right now, um, the Bengals on the other hand yeah this was um, if you can only put up three points against this team right now you're really looking very, very sorry for yourselves. And yeah, I have no faith in the Bengals to be able to do anything this season. Yeah, that's pretty much the case. They're not going to do anything. And part of me does wonder if maybe the Browns and Ravens um, playoff fighting fitness is going to be damaged by playing these two teams because they're both not that great right now. So mm, yeah. Who knows? But um, speaking of the, the the Browns and Ravens, what did you think of, uh, of that game? A bit of a lopsided uh, 40-25 victory. Well, I said last week that the Browns were going to win. I don't know how much people took took me seriously on that <laughs> one, but I, I did think that it was starting to come together. I did say that the Rams' performance wasn't the worst thing I'd ever seen, that the defence was starting to come together, but they they just needed to get a bit more structure in offense about what they were doing. And I think there was two um, main key things that we're going to have to edit this book because I can't remember the boy's name. Chris Hubbard, right tackle. Yeah, so he didn't play last week. He came back um, and Dante and Hilliard was in as well. And I think that they both made a massive difference to the offense for the Browns. Um, Having the option of playing Hilliard in passing situations kind of gave Chubb a rest, but it also showed kind of an alternative, you know, play option for mm-hmm. Baker. So that I think when Chubb was in, they were a lot more structured on that right side. And you see what Chubb ended up doing on Chubb had a great game. the right tackle. He just, he smashed it. His Three first touchdowns, touchdown, 165 yards. It was impressive, his yeah. First touchdown was a counter where he beat the whole team. And the other one was he beat the whole field. Yeah. Did you see the, the video of Baker running just as fast as him to celebrate? <laughs> no, I did not, but that's On that's the other side see. of the field? <laughs> yeah, um, it was pretty good. But I, they still don't have Denzel Ward or Greedy Williams or Burnett. And they managed to hold the Ravens twenty five points. They held Lamar to nothing. Lamar did nothing in this. Well, game. he well he had three touchdowns, but he had two interceptions, which you know can be a, a real killer. Uh, he also uh, had a had a fumble in this one as well. It's, oh, I um, love that fumble. So good. <laughs> you would in this case. I mean, come on, Lamar Jackson's supposed to be sort of your boy outside of uh, outside of the Browns, but yeah, like. Uh, I think that when when Lamar was asked to start chasing this game, it did seem as if it was maybe a little bit away from him. And um, the the Ravens like is this defense a real worry? Because they've not been 
that great this year. People have been able to put up yards against them. Well, unless, apart well, this, from the, the Dolphins, of course. This game had a bit of spice about it. The players were in each other's faces the whole game. And I just think that the Browns did that on purpose. And I don't think the Ravens really coped with, that, with it well. My main key point in this from this game is that I, I truly believe that Odell Beckham Jr. is the Browns' most important player at the moment. But and he didn't really do anything that when in this he, game. When he weird. comes off of the stats, so what, two for 20 yards? Yeah. But it's the but fact the holes that, he made, maybe. The coverage he yeah, drew. Yeah, but in what he's doing, he had his cornerback, and he had Humphreys, double-playing him the whole game. He had Humphreys Does choking he... him out at one point as well. <laughs> yeah, no, and he stood on his helmet. But <laughs> he, he kind of got in their heads, and his... Little out routes to pull away two players. They're what got Seals Jones free for his like long play to gash the team for Chubb's first touchdown. And it was impressive because he was always right there. Um pick setting a pick or being another option for Landry. You can see on most of Landry's catches that Odell Beckham is right there. Mm-hmm. Either to block downfield for him or to catch it if it's overthrown. So he was in every play. And I just think that he's such a danger that he's just pulling away. And if you end up having Rashard Higgins and Joku, Landry, Kareem Hunt and Beckham all running routes and the offensive line can give Baker three seconds, that's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. You really have to watch out at that point. Yeah, but it's going to take them a while to get to that. So what I was saying about being 2-2 two and two after four games, I am delighted because I was worried they were going to go 0-4. Rightly so. And like this this defense, uh, you were really not so sure about the appointment of Steve Wilkes there, but they are holding their own against uh, some, some rather dangerous opposition from time to time. So, yeah, they're, they're not that for, bad. They've gone for a quasi kind of um, Patriots, you know, if you shut down the run, oh, beat us on the throw, but you're not getting outside us, which they couldn't do last season. They Melvin Gordon went for like four touchdowns against them, um, against the Chargers because he just got out, he got outside the zone, outside the tackles too easily. Yeah, and they're just not allowing that now, which means that the teams have to beat you in the air. Yeah, they're shutting down anything around the edge, uh, and it certainly helps when Miles Garrett is plowing through people. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, he didn't like pick any quarterbacks out for the season this week, so that was that was good to see. Yeah, he he did have a couple of penalties where he pushed off and got a, kind of got ahead of the play play clock. But um... yeah, he's on my radar a little bit. But um, yeah, man, the, the, like the, this is uh, the Browns beat a divisional opponent on the road in September for the first time since two thousand and eight. So it's not a bad feeling. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> So out of the AFC teams, if you say that Mahomes and the Chiefs and Brady and the Patriots are one and two, who are you saying is like three, four, five at the moment? It's really hard because the the way that that AFC looks at the moment, there does seem, seem to be quite a drop off. I mean, who who else would you put in there? Like maybe, like I think uh, at the moment I'd no. say. It's the cat. Even after this game, probably the Ravens at three, and then the Chargers at four. I mean, I I don't. It's, I'm not believing in the Chargers right now. Um, yeah, it, there just seems to be quite this drop off. 
and I just don't know where I would go with it. Um, hmm. If the if the Browns play like this and they get Greedy Williams and Burnett and um, Ward back and Njoku back and they keep building their game plan like the Hound, they're at, I'd say Browns will be top four. The Browns need to make a point now. They need to, like, literally walk this division. Need to go 8-0 and in the division. Which, if you look at it, after beating the Ravens it's away, doable. isn't actually... It's doable now, yeah. The thing, the hard thing will be going away to Heinz Field just because of the mentality of it. But They'll I think find a way around that, to... yeah. Yeah, no, well, like, yeah. I think I think the, the Texans are still up there as a team that you got to watch out for. And at the rate they're going right now, uh, even without Nick Foles, the Gardner Minshew-led Jaguars, they're, they're two and two as well. The entire AFC South is two and two. And I, I, it just seems like such a Jekyll and Hyde division because what are you going to get out of any of these teams on any given week is totally just like, it's just throwing, throwing darts in the dark. You have no idea where it's going to go, what's going to happen. And it's, Certainly very, very interesting at the moment. Yeah. I'd probably say that out of that bunch, I, I still think the Texans, like providing they don't get injured, they have the ability to cause more damage, but the Jaguars are probably there and thereabouts. Titans did what the Titans have done for as, as long as Marcus Marriott has been in the league, and that is really, really suck one week. And, and to the point where you're thinking, like, God, they've just got to bench Mariota. And then he comes out, and then he goes and throws three touchdowns. And um, uh, they, they look like world beaters again. Just quickly on the Titans, if A.J. Brown from Ole Miss is a good wide receiver, if he's a number one receiver, their three playmakers are going to be Davis, A.J. Brown, and Henry. And then you got, if Mariota can at least be, you know, mid-tier. That's a pretty good offensive skill position unit. There. The, th- the thing with Mario is that he can be mid-tier like sort of for a while, but it's because like he'll have one great game which makes you think like, okay, yeah, like this guy can really do something, and then he'll just stink the house out, and then just when you're ready to bench him, like I say, then he steps up and does this again. But yeah, like AJ Brown looks like he could be uh, a legit number one receiver out there. Uh, Corey Davis was also a first round pick uh, Adam Humphreys hasn't done much yet but Derek Henry, that's another 100 yard game for him um, they're they're probably willing to just kind of ride Henry as, as much as they can and just use Mariota to like pick and choose his moments but you know, like, I, I still do not trust that team I, I do not know what to think of the Titans from, from week to week they scare me, it, it frustrates me really an awful lot Mariota at this moment is the Graham Dorans of the NFL. The Graham Dorans of the NFL, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to make of that, and I'm pretty sure that the majority of our listeners will not know what to make of it either, either because they don't quite understand what's going on, or they don't know who Graham Dorans is. But um, I don't know, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on that? Graham Dorans is the new Dundee number 14. And he's previously played in the English Premier League and... Uh, he's been around the block a couple of times, and sometimes he plays like Buddy Iniesta, who's a very good football player. And sometimes he sits on the bench for Dundee. Yeah, so, 
<laughs> pretty much where we're at. Nobody knows what he is. Um, uh, yeah, in, in that in that AFC, it's it's all weird. It's up for grabs. I mean, Houston got kind of embarrassed this week by the by the Carolina Panthers. Probably the worst game of Deshaun Watson's career. Um, certainly one of them. Anyway, just didn't look like anything. But uh, Christian McCaffrey is still a baller and. Kyle Allen, even though he had like was it three fumbles in the first half, he still kind of looks like a quarterback. They had a really good play to escape and find a man on the wing to to keep a play alive. Looked like he was down. He like bounced back up and got it out. He's a he seems like a good player. But this game came down to Houston could do nothing out of the run. Carlos Hyde was useless, and um. McCaffrey was awesome, and I think in the end that that's what this game was. The Panthers just kind of choked the Texans out in the end, and um, Texans are they need to start winning some games. They need to win the AFC. It's probably the easiest they've had it in the AFC since Andrew Luck came into the league. So they, I think, they just need to need to be a bit more cutthroat. And I don't know how they do it if they can't protect Deshaun Watson. Well, that's what their main focus is. Uh, they, they just they just need to to do that. Provide Watson with a little bit, just a little bit better protection, and it's really gonna gonna help a lot. Um, yeah, because like he's always trying to scramble and create opportunities. But imagine if you gave him some more time to find the likes of DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, like. That's, that's a good receiving core. But he's just not getting the time. And uh, that Carolina Panthers defense, credit where it's due, they really shut him down. They were giving Watson all sorts of looks, causing all sorts of havoc. Uh, I think that's probably one of the better defensive uh, displays that we've seen all year, actually. I say all year. Of course, it's week four, but still, you know where I am. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Eric Reed was imperious in this game, so... Yeah, he really, really snapped down on them. Um, uh, oh, speaking of uh, snapping, um, I want to talk briefly about the the, the Broncos and uh, the Jaguars because, well, snapping in two senses of the word. One in which that I'm almost at breaking point myself with this Broncos season already. It's just been so heartbreaking. Another. Like loss at the death after Broncos went ahead. It was it's just really really awful. Like how can we be at zero four when we've actually, to my mind, I think we were actually playing better than we were last season, and we're in games. We've just got this brutal schedule, and um, they're just finding ways to to lose. Yeah, I think, honestly, one of the best things for the Broncos going forward this season is that Drew Locke's been injured. Because I wouldn't be swapping out Flacco now. I think as you're starting to get maybe the Raiders again, maybe the schedule eases up a bit, I think there's wins there for the Broncos. Um, I think you might be in a bit of a hole now to get to 8-8. and eight. Do you think they're going to go 8-4? and four? Mm, pro, pro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's but Joe, Joe yeah. Flacco was making, you know, he's making NFL throws yes on Sunday. Yes, he was there. He was he good was in the game. Yeah, Manuel Sanders was good. Cortland Sutton caught two touchdowns. 
Um, thing with Flacco I've noticed in, so far is that he has the ability to, you know, score at the end of a game. He has that kind of Aaron Rodgers, we're going to score. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Broncos have been in these games so close at the end. Just got to take a lot more time off the clock before you give it back. Yes, yes. Um, um, and th- there was another uh, killer um, roughing the passer penalty in this one, which again was really controversial in that it was um, Gardner Minshew was running about in the pocket. He'd, he'd already dropped the ball. He then picked it up and just lobbed it up in the air. And as the ball was leaving his hands, to, like the way that I was looking at it is that uh, Miller was already committed to being in and making that tackle. And of course, he was just trying to like force the ball out there. Maybe this is just my perception being coloured, but I, I once again did not think it was a good call. And it essentially kept the drive alive for the Jaguars uh, as they were moving themselves into field goal range. And effectively cost the Broncos another game in the dying moments. And it hurt a lot. It, hurt. it really hurt a lot, Darren. It was really not fun. Should we um, raise a glass to Bradley Chubb playing the whole of the fourth quarter on the torn ACL? Uh, that, was, that was incredible. Like, no one should ever be doing that. That was crazy. But obviously, incredibly didn't know, didn't upsetting know he's gone. Yeah, so like he, he, he has, he's been out for the season... So he's out for the season now as well. So that's like, you know, one half of the what's supposed to be the most dynamic pass rushing duo in the league. Uh, and they were, they were just finding their feet as well. They got their five sacks this week. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like that's another painful aspect to it. Um, sticking, sticking with the positives, though, Gardner Minshew. Wow. Oh, he's looking good. He's looking good. Like, was, he, was he a bad six, sixth round pick? I mean, what the hell is going on there? Uh, yeah, but he does hold the Pac-12 passing record. Sometimes I wonder how they they evaluate these quarterbacks. I think I've spoke about this before, but it just does seem to be so like random at times. Like, what made Gardner Minshew a sixth round, and what made Drew Locke a second round? Other than Drew Locke played in the SEC. Yeah, it's it's usually it's often related to the divisions and opponents and schemes and just interviews and things as well. How people come across. I, I don't know what it was with Minshew though, because he's a very smart guy, and um, yeah, I think like oh, I I I watched some of him in the preseason and he just looked garbage. But of course, I, I know fine well that you know I do always say that preseason essentially means nothing. Uh, but he looked really really awful in preseason, and he's looked nothing short of excellent since he's been uh, starting for the Jaguars and in one of the touchdowns he had today where he essentially jukes and dodges five separate Broncos defenders before uh, putting the ball right on the money uh, for Raquel Armstead if, if, if you haven't watched it at home guys go and watch it it's thoroughly impressive and for me Thoroughly annoying that it came against my Broncos, but um, yeah, credit where it's due. That that guy can ball right now, and yeah, I'm impressed. I'm I'm worried for Falls. I don't know if Falls comes back in if they win a few more games. Yeah, got the te- is it the Texans next week or the Titans? It's the Titans. I can't quite they remember, beat, but yeah, like they he, beat the he's... Titans next week and they're three and two and two and zero oh in division. I mean, a lot of people are saying that because of the money they've invested in Falls, they would have to put him back in. 
But don't have to. You're not paying Minshew anything, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if, if Minshew is the hot hand and he is leading your team to wins and he's looking great. And when I say looking great, I mean also that mustache still looks fantastic, and everyone loves it. But <laughs> well, he's helping his team look good. Put this way on the Jags. So the Jags are paying what I thought was like twenty this year. They're paying Minshew like three. So next year it'll be like twenty-two and four. So they've got twenty-six million invested at quarterback. Yeah. And Russell Russell Wilson earns thirty-seven on his own. <laughs> so, and and. What Rogers is what thirty six and a half or something. So, I don't think it's going to be that much of a bar to them if Foles is the backup. And I feel sorry for Foles and that, but it always get, happens. Get for him. down, yeah. Get down. Don't leave your collarbone out. It's not the third time. He's yeah, been it's hit just like that. It's just sitting career. out there. Just... It's just such a target for everyone. His collarbone. Like he he takes hits and that causes problems. Again, he's never made it through an entire NFL season without injury. It's because um, everyone says the best thing about him is also the worst because he stays in the pocket so long. Yeah, he's, he's, the he's brave and he'll take the in hits. in the Super Bowl, but in week three, sometimes you just have to go down yeah. or dump was, off the pass, you know? Yeah. Um, another person who needs to get credit where he's due, especially after we shredded him the other week, is that Leonard Fournette absolutely torched the Broncos in this one. 225 on the ground. Uh, yeah, like he, he must just have done that to mess with me that's it that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah I think so it's been listening yeah 225 yards impressive yeah well done well done okay cool can we move on and talk about something I've else said, now <laughs> I've said it's annoying for me because I've got Armstead in my fantasy team and I wanted them to bench for net and they're not going to now thanks Broncos yeah yeah, I know right thanks Broncos <laughs> <laughs> uh, another really interesting game this week though was the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions. I mean, what a crazy game that was. Um, Are we ready to from... ordain Matt Stafford as the chosen one in Detroit? Because he was epic. He was he crazy. Is, he's been epic all season. His out-of-the-numbers throws are just probably the best in the league. He's brilliant. Oh, well, he, he was these... explosive really early on and stuff. But like, there, there is that level of volatility where he will throw out a couple of these opportunities to be picked in this particular case he wasn't there's no interceptions in this game um but yeah he was really putting up there and giving people the opportunity to come down with it and carry on johnson looking great as well and but bloody hell kenny galladay he was doing some crazy stuff marvin hall had a fantastic catch down the sidelines some of these guys are really helping the lions cause this year and i'm i'm impressed do you think this will be the last time Ever we go a week where either Brady or Mahomes has a touchdown? You mean doesn't have a touchdown? Yeah. Oh, need neither of. Um, entirely possible. I mean, I don't think anyone saw Patrick Mahomes going without a touchdown this week. Um, but he still went for three hundred yards. Yeah, he still went for three hundred yards. Patrick Mahomes had a terrible game by his standards and didn't throw a touchdown and went over three hundred yards and his team still scored thirty-four points. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, if if my Broncos could have a terrible game and still score 34 points, I'd be quite happy with that, really. They're still 4-0. Uh, they're, they're doing everything they need to do. Just got to give it up for Darrell Williams. What a stat line. Eight carries for 13 yards. But two touchdowns. Yeah, not bad, not bad. 
you know your place when you're getting the goal line. Yeah, really, really handy in scoring leagues. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he he looked well. He didn't look great throughout the rest of the game. But when he's down there and he's being asked to punch it in, did a good job. Uh, but like going going back to Mahomes again, uh, even when he's not scoring touchdowns through the air, he's still got fifty four rushing yards in this game and got the team in position to to, to get in with running backs. And on that final drive, I think it was something like 76 yards in eight plays. It's just, it's, it's perfect. He just, he pulls out when he needs to. Um, I think thing, we, we could just wax lyrical and go through all the superlatives about him. But even when he's bad, he's really w- way better than anyone else. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, this is the thing with Mahomes is that there's so much talent on the field for the Chiefs that they can't play contain with Mahomes. So if everything breaks down, if we're looking at it, it has to get to about five seconds before Mahomes even needs to run. But then because they can't contain as a formation, because there's so many quick receivers and just power in this Chiefs like receiving core, he has the opportunity to just pick up first yard first downs. And every time he gets a first down, he's just immediately looking for a 40-yard ball over the top. It must just be so difficult to play in defense against. You think you've got them, they get a first down, and suddenly you're running 30 yards behind you to try and stop to, you know, Armstrong. <laughs> There's so many players, Robinson, sorry, that can pull it down with one arm and catch it in traffic and beat three players after the catch. It's just, they're scary. And they might go 16-0. No, the, no, the refs will never let that happen because the Patriots need home field advantage. So well, <laughs> they always have to have one less. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair hey, enough. Yeah. Any other games in particular you want to touch on at the moment? Um. No, I do want to give it up for um, the Buffalo defense. They held Brady to his worst game since two thousand seven, or something. Yeah, so, something on those lines. Um, it was very impressive. They they stopped the Patriots from really doing anything on defense. Most yeah. on on offense, sorry, most of their points came from. They got their only touchdown from, you know, the uh, special teams block punt. So mm. does that ever happen to? To Bill Belichick, so um, I think um, th- this game kind of, in terms of finding out, you know, are the Bills any good, and are the Patriots' defense as good as they've looked so far? I think kind of both were true in this instance. Like the, the Bills look like they can hang pretty much based on their defense, and the Patriots' defense was still phenomenal. But you, you do kind of get the feeling that maybe in this one, Josh Allen kind of held them back because he had a, a couple of really bad fumbles and three picks before he was knocked out of the game. Um, yeah, like he, you still see the good, but this was one of the weeks where you really see the worst of Josh Allen. And um, had it been someone else, a quarterback, perhaps the Bills would have won this game. Sure, but perhaps he would have lost it too. I am... Um... This is true. <laughs> That's a, I don't know, yeah, the great, great analysis from us. Really, 
The Patriots defence is really good. The Patriots special teams are really good. It's Bill Belichick. It's the way it is. So I don't really, you know, it's the biggest game that Josh Allen's ever played in. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, kill him for that. But mm-hmm. he did have them 13-10, you know. And I think the Buffalo Bills would have much preferred to have had Allen in for the final drives than Barkley. So I think they have a, they should be a little bit aggrieved with that hit. And it didn't look very nice. No, it, but I'm not. I'm not so sure it was dirty per se, but it was. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't nice. Certainly not. No, and yeah, it's Patrick Chung with his his bracelet on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he was in, enjoying any booger sugar before the game. Um, yeah, do you hear about the Patriots coaches just sitting around watching the Bills practice when they know they should be? <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. And then, uh, like, so for the for the for listeners at home, if they weren't aware of this, because it was kind of a big deal before the game started, and then it was a total non-factor. But there was just some Patriots coaches out there. Um, I think it was it was not Steve Belichick, but it was the other Belichick who was just kind of sitting around watching Buffalo do their thing and then Sean McDermott came over and just said you know get the hell out of here just waving him off sh- shooing him away um, yeah it was a, a bit of a strange one but well sorry it would be strange if it was anyone other than the Patriots trying to get a one up on folks every single week there's always something isn't there whether it's knocking Allen out of the game or spying on little bits of training sessions I wouldn't be surprised if you had one of them uh, just turn up in full uh, Buffalo kit just trying to sneak on into the huddle and be like, "Oh, yeah, what's the what's the plan for the day again, guys? I don't know what it is." Yeah, I think the the Buffalo coaches could probably go over to the Patriots and try and do that, but it'd be a bit like you know, um, the uh, Emmanuel Abue trying to listen to the South Koreans' um, tactics. <laughs> He's just standing beside the manager, pretending to listen in. It's like he can't speak North Korean. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, listen, speaking the, listening to the, the Patriots speak between... North Korean. My God, that's it. The Patriots are North Koreans. Nah, it's not going to work. So, uh, (laughs) um, Josh Allen's uh, touchdown run was the first offensive touchdown that the Patriots have allowed since week 16 of last year when the Bills scored that one as well. ran for 0.2 of a second and it was immediately knocked out of his hand. But he broke the plane, so it's a touchdown. Yeah, so it's a touchdown. But um, yeah, so like the Bills, by the sounds of things, are going to be starting Mar- Matt Barkley next week because uh, at the moment that's what it sounds like because Josh Allen's still in concussion protocol. So you know that's a, a bit of a shame. You'd be hoping to see um, Allen continue his development, but you know maybe maybe time for your boy Matt Barkley to get a shot out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. See so how it goes. He's a he can throw the ball so. If the defense keep giving them opportunities, then the Bills should at least keep it going. Well, who they got next? Like the, the Dolphins, I think. Yeah, they don't have like a massively difficult schedule. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Patriots could win this division. It's already over. Duh. Um, I think uh, there's a couple other ones that I really want to touch on uh, through the course of, of this discussion, and one of those is. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers putting up 55 points against Los Angeles. Now, you did like briefly touch on the fact that 
Um, uh, Jared Goff didn't have a fantastic game. He threw the ball nearly 70 times in this one because the the Bucks went out to a, a pretty early lead. And um, I think they had something like nine rushes throughout the course of the game and everything else was just having to go up through the air. But um, yeah, he ended up having three picks. He threw for over 500 yards, did Jared Goff. Uh, and but only two scores, three picks. It just looked a bit messy. Yeah, would the Rams rather have Dalton? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but I certainly think that they, they were at panic stations because they went behind. And like they I can think... sling it, but there was just a couple of iffy throws in there which caused turnovers in the end. I think that Goff did his best kind of Kirk Cousins impression. Like the they couldn't run the ball. They literally had 30 yards rushing all game in a game where there was 95 points. And Todd Gurley still got two touchdowns from those as well. That is not good enough, though. And Jared Goff cannot play that way. He's not designed to. He's not been taught in the NFL how to play as a pocket thrower. If, if, he, if he didn't throw those interceptions, then the Rams could still have won this game, though, surely. Is that but he, something but we could look could. at? Yeah. But like no. I think some 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 of these some of these passes as well, it wasn't necessarily like I don't know how far they all travel through the air, but there were certainly some shorter ones which were taken the distance by other players. By the way, Robert Woods had a fantastic game statistically. Thirteen receptions on fifteen targets, hundred and sixty four yards. And Cooper Cup, like I think he might be one of the, the best players in the game right now at like manipulating whatever space is around him and whatever blockers he has. Because he, he just managed to like maneuver his way through three guys uh, using blockers and got himself a score. It, it was really very impressive. And he does it like every other week, it seems. Yeah. Um, I like Cooper Cup. I do I like too. Him when, I'm, when I'm not playing him at fantasy. Um, <laughs> but I think I, think I was this week, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's an excellent player. Um and it's a good sign for the Rams that their receivers can go up and get the ball when they're not running it because so much of their play is opened up by the rushing game. So the fact that they were able to get two receivers over 100 yards, you know, it helps. But should a defense that has Aaron Donald as a captain be considering 55 points ever? You shouldn't think so. And, like, it's, it's, it's a Wade Phillips defense and they've got... Like some big guys on the outside and stuff as well, and and then um, you got uh, Corey Littleton's had a really good season so far. But like the the other guys you've got out there, like Chris Godwin was absolutely playing out of his mind in this one as well. Um, Mike Evans came up with some big catches too. Uh, Cameron Brait had a really nice touchdown. Uh, Ronald Jones out of the backfield he had a couple of really nasty looking runs as well, he was really gashing them but um, we have to go back and surely talk about Jameis Winston who is producing like, are, are, are we impressed with Winston about this or do you think well, that the Bucks are not for real in this game I'm impressed the, probably more, the thing I'm probably more impressed with is that they just kind of broke the Rams hearts at different points in this game. They just... You know, the Rams thought that they were coming back. No. We score again. You know, it's, it's 
40 or you know, 48 40. No, we've scored another touchdown. It's 55 40. It's over. Go home. Um, a lot, a lot, of the, a lot of the Rams' yards, to be fair, were in garbage time as well, where it was just like a case of it was for the most part out of it. I mean, the, like the, um, the, the interception that Winston did throw kind of let the Rams have a sniff, but then yeah, it, it just never, never translated. What do you think of the hit on Peters? On on Marcus Peters, yeah. Uh, oh, I think I, I might miss that one. Like I, I did watch the majority of the game, but I think I missed on that one. Actually, I'm afraid he nearly died. Oh, I say everyone, everyone, go back and watch this. He gets taken out by the right tackle. Like it's like a really bad play. Mm. Like it's past the got plane. So Peters about to put the ball down, and the boy just cracks him. It's um. For you, sure, it's one of the top highlights on on the page, on the NFL okay. page. Mm, so okay. if you qu- quickly have a look at that, you'll see it. Uh, oh, yeah. Pick, leaves the game after pick six. So he just gets uh, absolutely drilled after that, does he? Yeah, so one of the offensive linemen just takes him out, defenseless because okay. he's putting the ball down because he's already crossed the line. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I'm watching. And oh, oh, actually, no. Yeah, I do remember seeing that because it was it was close. And like, I just remember seeing his helmet just like pretty much shatter there. It was really, really brutal. Um, so yeah, like not one for the faint of heart if you, uh, yeah, are that way affected. Um, before we move on, a oh boy, Shaq Barrett. He's got nine sacks this year now. He's sure that's unsustainable. Well. And he also so had like a, an interception. Tackles for loss as well. He is. He's got like. Man on fire, a oh boy. Yeah, Denzel Denzel Washington over here. He's got it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And like Shaq, if you for whatever reason are listening in, keep it up, man. Um, you're really, really earning your spot here. Uh, you can come back and speak to us about it anytime you want. I'm pretty sure we've got dibs on him for um for like the uh, end of season interviews. Uh, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll we'll let him tally up his 400 sacks first. So let's see how we go. Sounds good. Some boy, some boy. Um, yeah, like the Buccaneers, this is... Um, they, they show their capability of doing this, but they did this at stages last year and then completely disappeared for other parts. So it's a matter of sustaining this level of point scoring and also just figuring out how to be a defense um, would be nice, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't think they're real. I, I don't see it. I think they'll be seven and nine or six and ten or something by the end of the season. Mm. Just NFC's so deep, you know. They've got to, got to play. And I don't think they play Breeze and play the Saints until Breeze comes back. You know? <laughs> I think they're, <laughs> they're in that outside of that six-week window. Um. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. I, I don't see it, unfortunately, but Winston's doing everything he can to earn a second contract, and with performances like this, maybe he does deserve one. Maybe Arians can make it work, but, yeah. Maybe. Oh. We'll see. I'm interested. So I, I would like get paid a lot of money. Yeah. I would, I would like Winston to turn the corner this year and make that franchise interesting again, because, yeah, like, he's, like we say, he's shown flashes, as he always does, but just never quite done what needs to be done. Um, speaking of doing what needs to be done, Teddy Bridgewater did what needed to be done for the New Orleans Saints against the Dallas Cowboys, which was admittedly not a lot, but it was 
what he needed to do to get them out there with a win. Also, fair enough that at the very end of that game, he very nearly totally messed it up by taking the Saints out of field goal range and making them need to punt it and give the Cowboys an opportunity to get back into it with a score at 10-12. But um, yeah, the Saints defense managed to hold on and uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets the team out of there with another win. Yeah, do you think, so on NFL.com, the highlights for this game are only five minutes and like 30 seconds. Is that the smallest video for a highlights package for a game of American <laughs> football you've ever seen? I know, I've got a feeling I've seen some that are sub five, but it was certainly up there as one of the one of the, the lower ones. But I mean, it, there were some, some good highlights, but they only ever seemed to put up the, the offensive ones or some big turnovers or the occasional sack and stuff, but... Like both defenses were solid in this game. Uh, Alvin Kamara really helped the Saints, uh, like just keep churning in this one. But yeah, they they, they didn't really look particularly threatening. Uh, and like I think um, Ezekiel Elliott's uh, fumble to turn the ball over was probably the turning point in this game. Uh, uh, Jason Witten also fumbled the ball. Um, yeah, um, not much. It shows the you know the. I'm, I'm struggling to talk really about good it, but kicker. yeah, yeah. The Saints have a really good kicker, and he didn't whiff. You know, got them four out of four kicks, and they won the game. Yeah, and uh, the, the Saints managing to hold Ezekiel uh, Elliott down to under a hundred yards. Um, like they've still not allowed a hundred yard rusher in the last thirty games. Like that's really impressive for a team who was. Um, previously kind of known for being all about offense and nothing on defense, but they've definitely shifted uh, that narrative. And they're, they're working on becoming a defense-first team. Yeah, they should um, should just be happy they're not playing Nick Chubb this year. <laughs> yeah, because he would probably make them look a bit silly. Um, speaking of people in this game looking a bit silly, uh, Dak Prescott, when he was trying to do something... Uh, in the in the fourth quarter, uh, as the as time was running down, lobs the ball up to Amari Cooper, but it wasn't really to Amari Cooper because there was four guys around him, and I, I did see that you you posted on the Facebook page about it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen someone throw into quadruple coverage before. Yeah, was that like the last play of the game? I just saw the the, the image and just thought it was hilarious. It was but about second or third last, yeah. Like number forty-five or whatever it was was about to murder him <laughs> when he threw the ball. So I don't know if you could see that there was four players there. So he's got to be but up there somewhere. <laughs> it's a very Dak thing to do, and um, yeah, he's a oh, he's a treasure. I do, I do still like the Cowboys a, a, a bit more this year, but um, yeah, the, the Saints they're kind of impressing me. In, in that they're still managing to win these games really ugly. Um, the Cowboys have that um, kind of Chelsea. I usually hate them, but I don't hate them as much this year because they're actually bringing in their own players, and you know it's not they're not just buying the best players. And hmm. there's a there's a more natural feel to this Cowboys team. You know, it's like it's their their draft picks, their their homegrown you know, talent. Yeah, that's you know taking a swing on Jalen Smith. It's you know these things are what have made them a good team. Um, 
And you can say, yeah, they spent a first round pick on Amari Cooper, but he's pretty much like the only one. The rest of them they've kind of drafted and developed. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Chelsea in the Premier League with like Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and that, and they're actually playing their kids. And they're yeah, actually, they're sh- shifting. Yeah, they're not. You know, they're not the most hated team anymore. Hmm. And I, I definitely see that. Like I, when I first watched those, but like, oh, look at the Cowboys. Oh, look at them with their pretty uniforms and their money and their. Wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you could say that about pretty much any team uh, com- coming from a Browns, Browns yeah. fan because <laughs> because they they don't have they don't have many of those things uh, that, that you just mentioned there. Um, whether they're turning in the right direction, uh, that's up to the listeners to decide. Um, well, I'm just um, just looking at some of the other games from this week, and one of the ones that we haven't mentioned at all was one of the games that you had down as being one of your most interesting games of the season at the yeah. start. I'm so Seattle, disappointed, Arizona. but Arizona just haven't, haven't put it, they haven't put it together. I was hoping that by week five, they'd be on the up and they, they seem to be more on the down. Like they played better in their first few games than they're playing now, but you'd be hoping that yeah. they'd at least be interesting. That's, that's the thing. And they, they've, they've not really, they're not lighting up. They're not throwing the ball downfield to uh, really fast guys who are just streaking away from people. Um, like the, the best player in this game for the Cardinals was uh, David Johnson. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but mainly in the receiving game, he's still not getting involved in the run game. They're just not giving him the ball enough. He only had 11 carries for 40 yards in this one. They're still insisting on plowing that offense through Kyler Murray when it's just really, it's not going anywhere. And it's not, it's not Murray's fault, I don't think. It's just they need to find another way of of using this. I, I'm not sure about this air raid offense yet, but also you need to protect Kyler um, because that offensive line is still looking like Swiss cheese. Yeah, and it's not going to improve. It's like the Bengals. It's not going to improve for them until they do. Mm. Um, the Clowney pick six killed them. Oof. Whatever they probably wanted to do, being 10-0 down. That was nice as well, though. Like his his giant mitt just goes up in the air and plucks out this ball as if it's nothing, uh, and then having the athleticism to beat everyone else and instantly head downfield. It was it was pretty cool. If they could have held it to one score for a bit longer, maybe they could have had you know the comeback at the end. But no, they killed it for themselves with that. And it's just the way it is. NFL's yeah. hard. Yep, Seahawks are pretty efficient. Um, Russell Wilson only had six incompletions throughout the course of the game. Um, and uh, Chris Carson looked really solid as well, had a couple of really bruising first down runs. Uh, Will Disley getting on the score sheet again, um, just really spreading the ball of, ball around, doing what they need to do, moving to 3-1. and one. Um, Yeah, real nice. Yeah, the Seahawks are, are going to be there, um, and they're about, they always are, but they're going to have a tough time in the next few weeks against the Browns, so. Mm, indeed they are oh, that will prove to be a real test for them um, uh, one other note from that game and that was that Larry Fitzgerald passed I think it's Tony Gonzalez for the second most receptions in NFL history so I think he's probably now a, a mere 400 million catches behind Jerry Rice but um, yeah like an incredible feat from an incredible athlete and certainly one of my favourite receivers of all time um, I think it's actually close to something like 230 receptions behind Rice. So, you know, if he decides that he wants to play for another however many years, you can still get there. At the rate he's playing, 
Like, why, why bother? Like, don't even think about retiring. Just keep going. If it's going to be in Arizona, he's not going to have to do the Jerry Rice thing where he plays for every other team in the league. Um, <laughs> then I think then why not keep playing, you know? But I think he's a prideful guy. Um, so if he stops getting the targets or he stops being valuable, he'll be the first to admit it. But Kyle loves them, so... Yeah, why give it up now. I'm not surprised because he is excellent and he's a great leader and he does everything you need him to do. Um, which is a, a kind of kind of interesting way of me seg- segueing into a, a little section that I want to go into, and that is um, I've not really got a name for it yet. But in, in terms of a leader who does everything you want him to do, Kirk Cousins is not that. And uh, people have been talking about him being unable to to like win in games that matter. And his um his record against teams with a, a winning record is four and twenty five. So I want to try and see if we can just just keep track of how this would work for the rest of the season, and just sort of say like okay, so uh, I think the, the next game they've got is the Giants. So we would give them a win in that one. Uh, game after that is the Eagles, and I would think that they would lose that one. Uh, and then after that is the Lions, so obviously it depends on where they are by this point, but they might end up losing that one too. But yeah, you, so you see, see where I'm getting with this one, so uh, I, I kind of want to kind of want to keep tabs on that. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm just just putting out there that I've I've got it noted down, and we'll go back and we'll have a look at things a little bit later on, and um, we'll decide whether they should trade for Case Keenum or not. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think I, I think they'll they'll stick to Cousins, but Cousins is my fantasy quarterback, and the numbers and the stats and the QBX were all sound at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I just I just think Dalvin Cook being so good has completely thrown them out of like their whatever they were going to do. They seem to have like completely given that up. Yeah, just started running the ball, and they couldn't get a first down in this game running the ball. They really struggled. And they didn't seem to have any other way to play the game. Um, so it might be on Cousins, but I think the Vikings are a team that if they get out to a 14-0 lead, they win. Mm. And, yeah, because they, yeah. they can run the ball with Dalvin Cook. Now, like, but by, by the way, I'm not totally getting on Cousins for this week because he was against the Bears' defense, which was probably one of the best we've seen in recent memory. But he needs to be able to pull out against like, some winning team at some point. Um, but yeah, so when when you starting Matt Stafford next then? Well, I was thinking of doing it this weekend, but he's Ooh. gone by. So ah oh, well. And by the way, I do have Russell Wilson, and I'm open to trading him if you want him. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> the fine. rest of my team is so Swiss hole right now that I need to. I, I'm all good. I'll be okay. Okay, fine. But if you say so, yeah, hey, just just putting it out there. I'm just GMing my way through it. I'm a bit worried about my McLaurin pick. McLaurin saved my season. Mm, you got to keep an eye on uh, T.J. Hawkinson, by the way, because he picked up an injury this week in the, yeah. in the Lions' loss. Um, uh, just try, tried to hurdle a guy, then came down flat, flat on his shoulder. Not very nice Every at all. player I didn't have in scored. You still won, and I did not. Yeah, no, so. I won by quite a lot. If you took the points from my whole team, I would have had about 65 points. I, mean, I had yeah. Crow Armstead, I had T.J. Hawkinson... Um, Didi Westbrook never scored, but did Alan Robinson score? Uh, I don't um, know, but uh, great, great fantasy chat for the listeners, man. Uh, yeah. We did. <laughs> I was hoping to just give that short, but I was like, no, okay, come on, we're, we're still going. Um, 
yeah, so um, I think that that's actually been about a crisp hour. Um, there's a few other games we could just like breeze really, really quickly. Um, the Oakland Raiders beating the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that was, you know, give uh, give the Raiders uh, credit where it's due. They put up 31 points against Indianapolis, and um, it was probably a lot more comfortable than the scoreline in the end looks. Um, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. The Colts were chasing this game. Uh, for a lot of the time, um, and uh, I think that yeah. Gruden's Gruden's got this offensive line really protecting Carr, and he he can make throws, and they got out to a quick fire lead, and then they just ran the ball and pounded the rock and cliche cliche, and they never really let the Colts back into it. Mm-hmm. And um, um, one up. thing I will say is from seeing the Raiders win this game, I. My biggest worry as a Browns fan is that Baker Mayfield's like Derek Carr. I'm that would be my biggest worry is that in three years' time we'll be talking about Baker Mayfield like he's there, like they talk about Derek Carr. Oh no. That's my biggest fear. Because Derek Carr can play, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you're you're not that's not where you want Baker to be. Baker's supposed to be your saviour. Um, like I, I, I still think that Baker is going to go in the right direction, and uh, he like really showed people with uh, with that game against Baltimore. Um, they, they just have to keep themselves on the right path, and they'll they'll be good. Uh, De- De- Derek Carr, the, the Raiders are still getting back on track themselves, so see where that goes. Yeah, um, I don't really want to touch on it too much, but the Vontis perfect hit. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh God. I'm glad he's out for the season. Yeah, he's been suspended for his hit on Brissett. Uh, no, it was on Jack Doyle, I think. But he, like, it was Unpacked. so stupid, and it just telegraphed it. Doyle was down, completely defenseless. Burfick just comes in, slams his helmet right into him, and then just kind of stands over him to say, like, "Yeah, what, what?" And um, yeah, um, I think what is it? Uh, the NFL's dished out something like six multi-game suspensions for um for, for bad hits like this before and Vontez Perfect is now the owner of three or four of those which is crazy he should not be in the league yeah. that's it like he's he should just be done get him out well because he's got 4.3 million dollars worth of fines now if you, that's ridiculous when you consider like the average salary of an NFL player is 3.3 million over the life of their contract <laughs> so when you take into account so many, you know, practice squad players and you know, mm-hmm. actual metal players that play, but he's given up more money in fines than most players earn in their career. Yeah, and it's just it's embarrassing. It's a, a real waste. Um, speaking of real wastes, uh, the Dolphins are a real waste of time, and so we're not going to spend much on them. Um, they passed the 1954 Rosen. Redskins at minus 122 for the worst point differential through the first four games since 1950. That's bad. It, it was 10-all for a bit. Apparently yeah, been the Dolphins had a lead. 80, it's been like 18-0 in the second half. Is it 80-0 in the second half they've been beaten? Something along those lines. Uh, they've not scored a touchdown in the second half at all. They've, only, they've scored two touchdowns all season. Um, one of which was in the first quarter of this game, but uh, other than that, yeah, it was it was just awful. Like, just they're just so so bad. Uh, ugh. I can't. Yeah, I I just I'm never watching them this year. Sorry, 
<laughs> can't force me to watch them. It's not happening. Um, do you have anything you want to say about that one, or can we move on? No, move on. No. Okay, quickly. Uh, yeah, it's all good. So, sorry, Dolphins fans. Sorry, Neil. Uh, and uh, congratulations, Chargers fans. What do you want? A lollipop? You know, it's, it's, the, it's the Dolphins. Um, I'm really worried the Browns are going to lose to the <laughs> a team that are not the Dolphins who, who lost this week uh, are the Green Bay Packers who very nearly clawed their way back into it at the death before uh, a killer interception but you can't really put it down to Rodgers uh, he put the ball on the money to his receiver pretty much who just bobbled it and then it was uh, picked off by uh, Nigel Bradham in the end zone to ice the game and give the Philadelphia Eagles a 34-27 win. This was a really good game, actually, um, with the, the Eagles only really getting back into it uh, in the second half. Uh, should, no, no, to, to be fair, they did score 21 points in the second quarter as well. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really tough clawed back and forth, which could have got away from either team at any point. Rodgers was uh, putting up big numbers. Carson Wentz didn't have the best of games, but he still managed to score three touchdowns. Jordan Howard was on fire. And um, yeah, the Eagles somehow came away from this one with a win. Yeah, I have to say that if if Devontae Adams hadn't gone out injured, I don't know if the Eagles would have been in this game. He was torching them. Yeah, 10 receptions, 180 yards. He was good. And then he went out injured, so... I think the Packers are real. Losing a, mm-hmm. losing at home to the Eagles hurts, but you know that happens. The NFL's hard, so I think Rodgers is there. The defense is really good, and just a couple more balls like Andrew Andrew Sandeo, He knocked away a touchdown. Yeah. Um, in the end zone, obviously they had the pick in the end zone at the end of the game. Like this game was there for the Packers to win. So if I was them, obviously they will be because it's Rodgers and, you know, they're going to be disappointed. But their divisions, you know, the Lions are at the top of the division now. Yeah, <laughs> so. they're, they're, they're scary. Both teams are scary. Um, but the the Eagles are probably just about to start getting right. I think that they, they managed to put up 34 points in this one despite the fact that they are still, like, missing some key playmakers. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey was back for this one, but he didn't look quite himself. Um, and, and they're still without Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they cause problems, but not really much. I mean, the, the Green Bay defense really managed to hold them down for the most part. And it was just a couple of little lapses that allowed Jordan Howard to break out uh, for two touchdowns on the ground and another through the air. Um, but like Wentz was held to under under 200 yards. Um yeah, like I think Packers are going to be perfectly all right this season. Good, good to see them getting involved offensively as well. Um, yeah, two two teams. I'm pretty fascinated to see where they go over the next couple of weeks. I think I said before, but for me, the Eagles they just need to make sure they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, so, that's their 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 main yes. focus is them in order to give themselves a chance at winning that division. But next week is America's game: Packers versus Cowboys. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's a big game. So. Lots for people to watch. Mm-hmm. You'll be watching it at like four in the morning, but that's fine. Uh, I don't know what, what I'll be doing, but uh, I think I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be in Paris when that one's on, I believe. So uh, I, I might uh, miss that one because I'm too busy being all romantic and stuff. But um, 
yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be sure to get caught up on it, uh, as I will with all the other games. But um, you and I will have to figure out exactly what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. We might still manage to do one or two. Otherwise, um, uh, you might have to find a, a, a guest. Or maybe I might find a guest. Maybe I'll have one with uh, with Papa Both again. I'm sure he'd be happy to get involved. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that one off, Mike. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, man, that has been uh, about an hour ten-ish. Uh, anything else you'd like to uh, get on with or, or touch on before we wrap it up? No, I'm pretty happy with the way the NFL is going so far. Um, the issues, the lines on some of the teams is dreadful. Like, some of these teams are really bad. Like yes. The Eagles next week against the Jets is at, like, 15. Mm. So the, the zero is Eagles by 15 points, which is a horrible line. Most NFL games should be three or minus three. Yeah, I think there, there was a couple of records set recently in terms of, I think it was the, the Patriots versus Jets and um, the Cowboys versus Dolphins. I think they were both at like over 20, like maybe like 22, 23 points, which is um, obscene to say yeah. the least. Yeah, and when this whole draft NFL system's working properly, all of these games should be, you know, within seven points either way. For these teams to be so far out of it is something's gone wrong. Well, you know what I think we should do is that we just put all of the players back into a pot again, and everyone just gets redrafted, and uh, we just do that until there's until everyone has a team again. Well, if the uh, if the Broncos got to go first, I guess you're taking Mahomes. Or are you taking Donald? <laughs> or are you taking Von Miller? Imagine that. You I, take, I, I, get to, I just take Von Miller again. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. By, and by all means, I'm taking. And then your 65th pick is Mitch Trubisky. Or something. Oh man, no, no, no. I think I would. Um, I'd be quite happy building around Mahomes. I would go for Mahomes and uh, and pick up a couple of good tackles. And some wide receivers, and and go from there, I guess. And then your defensive coordinator will cry. <laughs> I mean, I love Vaughn. Got someone else to do that. Quarterback's the most important position. That's that's just it's a fact. Uh, but um, yeah, that's an interesting hypothesis that we'll maybe have to uh, let play out through the course of a game of Madden at some point. But um, in the meantime, I think um, we're about ready to wrap that one up. So, anything further to add, Darren? No. See you okay. next time. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll see you next time, but I'll I'll see you at some point. If I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy, as they say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Goodbye, folks. See ya. Bye. Yeah.